Today, we are discussing what is hypertrophy. Hypertrophy is basically building muscles in the super smart word language, all right? So in simple terms, we're just gonna break it all down. So chances are you see words like anabolic, hypertrophy, plastered all over supplement labels. But what do they really mean? All right, so that's what I'm here today. We're gonna break all this down, right? So, um, and you also heard of anti-catabolism, right? So the terminology used to describe the muscle building process is not as complicated as, a, as all of us comes across. A lot of it is just jargon using science and medicine. Uh, what we're going to cover is the basic of muscle hypertrophy and simple lingo and show you how to use the regular building blocks for uh, your context in your exercise and fitness. So hypertrophy is basically the growth of enlarging of a tissue or an organ, typically referencing skeletal muscle. Um, cardiac hypertrophy means the growth of heart tissue, all right, when you're running and calisthenics, all the fun stuff. So hypertrophy is the science, scientific term for growth. So if you gain body fat, that's technically hypertrophy of fat tissue, uh, a fat tissue, which is adipose. Granted, this is not the only hypertrophy most gym goers desire, which is muscle hypertrophy. All right. So everybody who wants to go to the gym uh, normally wants to gain, get swole and all that fun stuff. Right. So. So today. Right. Um, some of them are called me heads and gym rats and muscle heads and so on and so forth. So making them gains. That's what we're all about. So it's basically just. A concise, dumbed down, grammatically improper as it gets. We were talking about verbiage. So when the supplement claims to increase muscle hypertrophy, it's just a nerdy way of saying it will help you build muscle, right? So everybody or all these companies that have these proteins and supplements and fat burners and all that stuff, if you look at the nutrition facts, all of them are relatively the same, give or take some milligrams here or there. Right. So everybody just selling the same stuff, but repackaging it, changing the verbiage or the wording on the label and basically saying it does hypertrophy, protein rich diet and all this, blah, blah, blah. All right. So metabolism. So now we're into uh, anabolic and catabolic. Right. So given your fitness goals of bodybuilders, athletes, and all gym goers alike, we want to improve our body composition and get stronger by maximizing muscle, which is hypertrophy. To do so, we need critical support of muscle anabolism to mitigate muscle catabolism as much as possible. All right. So don't let it, uh, don't let your head explode right there. Right. So metabolism is the most misunderstood concept and widespread use in the fitness subculture to describe thermogenesis and calorie burning, right? So if you want to lose weight, you want to burn more calories than you consume. Again, if you want to lose weight, you have to cut off the food that you are putting in your body to give your body a chance to burn it off, all right? Now, if you're not eating enough, that will also uh, encourage uh fat storage due to the fact that your body will go into survival mode and from there your body don't know when the next meal is going to come so the meal you just ate or consumed 
your body will store it as fat because it's in survival mode because you're not eating properly. Now, if you eat properly, your body has no reason storing that fat, then your body processes can continue to go and boom, you lose weight. All right, so a basic example of metabolism of glucose sugar from the adenosine triphosphate, ATP, the energetic currency of cells, a simple molecule enters the Krebs cycle, which is your aerobic respiration, right? Numerous variables such as physical stress, nutrient availability, hormone signaling, and energy status affects how rapidly these reactions occur and when they take place, right? So, therefore, <clears throat> metabolism broadly refers to the cumulative cascade of anabolic and catabolic reactions going on in your cells. All right. So, nutrition is a big factor. Water is a big factor. So, none of these things really happen without water. So, protein, carbs, and fat are the only three things that can be digested and broken down with water, H2O. So everyone knows or have a friend that has that buddy that buys all these supplement uh, protein and all this unnecessary stuff, right? And he goes to the gym, but it seems like he's not building any muscle. It seems like he's getting fat. Or you, the athlete, are experiencing this. Reason being is you're not drinking enough water. Water will basically um, break down all these uh, carbs and proteins and send them to where they need to be to be digested and consumed by your muscles, right? That process doesn't happen if you don't drink enough water. Simple, plain and simple. Simple enough, right? Uh, metabolism is constantly in flux, right? And that anabolic and catabolic reactions are dynamic intertwining processes, Psychological and biological processes operate like an off and on switch and they're more akin to a dimmer switch. So if you ever heard of court block or cortisol, so your body releases cortisol in the flight or fight situation. And when you're training, you're putting your mind and body in that flight or fight situation. So cortisol is released. So there's numerous things that go on that uh, can uh not help you build muscle the way you want to, all right? So now we're going to hop into protein, all right? Protein is the foundation of muscle fiber, being the core of class molecules that control muscle hypertrophy and function. Again, protein is the foundation of muscle fiber, being the core class of molecules that control muscle hypertrophy and function, all right? Various proteins found in muscle fibers such as such as Actin, titan, and myosin are responsible for both the structural integrity and function of muscle tissue, not to forget myoglobin. When you stimulate skeletal muscle with vigorous exercise, the fibers and the muscle tissue are torn apart, right, at a microscopic level, right? So in order to repair and hypertrophy, which is muscle growth, the body needs protein from the diet. So if you didn't know, um, I'll show you on this, right, on this piece of paper. So you have your, your muscle, right? All right? Let's do it like this. You have your muscle, right? Mmm, mmm, right? So then as you work out, you create small tears in the muscles, right? So then you fill these small tears and then over time your muscle gets bigger, right? And then you get small tears, right? And then over time your muscle gets bigger. You know what I'm saying? And then you get small tears. So, 
basically, <clears throat> sorry. So basically, that's what the protein does. It fills the small tears so you can continue training um, at a decent level. And that also, protein also helps prevent soreness, okay? Uh, the amino acids from your dietary protein are then used to synthesize new muscle proteins, which are incorporated into muscle fibers, and voila, your muscles are going from catabolic to anabolic state. More robust and hopefully a little bit larger than before. So if you see in my little gray drawing, right, you have your muscles, right, which is the dark lines, then you have the small tears, fill them up, and then you have more, right, right? Okay. <clears throat> anyway, uh, where we at? Where we at? Similar to when you feel, uh, you have the sense to urinate, right? Your bladder, your bladder sends background sensory information to the brain, and then your central and peripheral nervous system govern the voluntary and involuntary movement of muscles throughout the body. This is where neuromuscular junction comes into play, and then you go to the bathroom, right? So we go back to neuromuscular junction, right? It's another way of those pesky uppity words, multisyllable science terms that describes the interface between the nervous system and muscle tissue. The following section here, I will break it down to you, okay? Muscles contract, right? How do muscles contract, all right? Think of the neuromuscular junction like the connection between a remote control and your TV, right? The remote is telling your brain to the TV, your muscles what to do, the, 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 right? So, a muscle fiber and the nerve innervates, connects to the motor units, right? So in physiology, the muscle contraction and the muscle proteins can be quite, you know what I mean, complex, but we're gonna like break it down. So when you forcefully contract a muscle, you lift the weight, the motor units, right? The proteins are there, it's like a pull tube inside the muscle fibers and they close together, shortening the length of the muscle. Eventually, the force of whatever weight you are lifting comes to a stalemate and the contractile force and your myosin exert. Hence, you reach muscle failure, right? Then your bone units get the fight returning to the muscle fibers to the extended position, right? So like when you get a hand cramp, ah, better, okay? So why do you need protein and muscle recovery, right? So the purpose of me going through the muscle contractions to tell you that is because when you feel that, those are proteins that you need um, for that all to happen, right? No? Yes? No? Okay. Why you need protein for muscle recovery? So knowing the function of muscle proteins gives us a better understanding of how protein builds muscle, influences recovery and exercise. When you subject your muscles to sufficient mechanical tension, as in the case of resistance training, your myosin motor units as their associated actin chains can actually get popped completely out of place. Wow, right? This is called sacromere popping. Okay, it plays a, a phenomenon of delayed onset muscle soreness, right? DOMS for all my acronym people. Delayed onset muscle soreness, DOMS for my acronym people. We all experience that unrelated soreness in your legs the day after intense leg workout or two days after, right? And you're like cramping, you're like, oh, why my legs? Oh, I did legs two days ago, right? Or yesterday. Your body corrects sacramental popping by using acting cutting proteins called gelsolin that wraps around the outer place acting protein chains. Follow that? New acting protein chains with no G, acting, are then synthesized by ribosomes. Think 
protein factories in your head, right? So all these things are happening with water in your muscle cells. The ribosomes leave the genetic blueprint and encoded by your RNA, all right? So it takes your ribosomes to translate the genetic instructions of the messenger RNA to new proteins, and then this is how hypertrophy is happens. It's not a rapid process, but, you know, genetics play a role and your nutrition and how you sleep and all that other type of stuff, right? So, consuming exuberant amount of protein will not lead to extra muscle growth. Muscle growth? Muscle. Muscle. OJ. So, consuming exorbitant amounts of protein will not lead to extra muscle growth compared to sensible high-protein diet. There's a point of diminishing returns where your body can't simply make the use of surfeit amino acids to create a new protein, right? So, today we talked about uh, muscle building, protein diet, why you need protein for muscle recovery, how do muscles contract, what, how does protein build muscle, Antibiotic, catabolic, and the main thing is hypertrophy, right? That's the growth of muscles. So in a wrap-up, right? Let's go through a wrap-up real quick. Um, Whey protein facilitates muscle recovery. Uh, Whey protein is rapidly digesting uh, complete protein source. Yes. Gives your muscle cells amino acids they require to synthesize new muscle proteins. If you don't supply your ribosomes with amino acids, they won't have the building blocks of proteins that will compromise muscle tissue. In fact, your body is significantly deprived of essential amino acids and energy. It will eventually break down the existing muscle proteins for survival purposes. That's what I said a few minutes ago. So if you don't eat enough, um, your body will store it as fat because it thinks you are in, you out there with bare grills. You know what I mean? You out there eating lamb and dead wolf and sheep and bugs and all that crap. All right? It's not enough for you being in the gym or um, your daily work activity. Okay? This does not mean more is better and that you should drink more weight protein powder around the clock to stay in an anabolic muscle building state. Contrary to what conventional wisdom suggests, ultra-high protein diets, two grams of protein per pound of body fat, or what we teach in the Olympic Academy is 0.9, would not lead to more muscle growth than monetary high protein intake, one to one and a half grams of protein per pound of body weight. Controlled studies of subjects ingesting varying amounts of protein have shown that that Le Chatelier's principle typically holds up true to a certain point. The more protein you consume, the more efficiently your body synthesizes new proteins, such as the proteins discussed earlier. Okay, so <clears throat> wrap up, burn more calories than you consume, drink water, take your body weight times about 0.9. I would tell you how many grams of protein you should ingest on a daily basis. Um, if you have any other questions, concerns, comments, please leave them in the comment section. I will get to all of you. Also, my link tree is in the bio. You can also follow me on all social media platforms. And also hit my cash app and help a brother out. You know what I mean? So, other than that, y'all stay blessed. Stay safe out there in them streets.